What are you redoing to restore your life? What are you doing to put things back to a healthy place after you've drained your energy in those areas? Because energy is not created, it's transferred. So when you drain an area, you have to have something that's pouring back into that area with fresh energy to restore the energy you lost. And that's what rest does. And so you can't really function at your highest capacity if you're not resting. And I always ask people if, you know, I don't care how great you're doing in life, you could do better if you're still tired. Welcome back to the Essentially You podcast, all about reinventing your health with safer, cheaper, more effective natural solutions and powerful lifestyle changes so that you become the CEO of your health. I am your host, Dr. Marisa Snyder. Over 10 years ago, I woke up after eight hours of sleep and literally could not lift my head up. I was that exhausted. Unfortunately, I learned that sleep wasn't the type of rest I was needing. It was something deeper that I couldn't pinpoint at the time. I just knew I was experiencing bone crushing fatigue and I didn't know how I was going to recover from it. Now, over the years, I've spoken to hundreds of women who actually get great sleep, yet they feel exhausted and tired by three o'clock or five o'clock in the afternoon, or in general, they are completely burned out. After doing some research, I discovered Dr. Sandra Dalton-Smith, an internal medical doctor who found herself feeling just like me 10 years ago and many other women. Initially, I think we've all been told that we just need more sleep, but what if we need more rest and the type of rest can really depend on what's going on in your life and with your health? Dr. Sandra Dalton-Smith defines it as sacred rest. She discovered groundbreaking insights on seven types of rest needed to optimize your productivity, increase your overall happiness, and to live your best life. And today... She's going to break down all seven types. Now, after hearing her share the seven types, I cannot tell you how immediately I resonated with two or three of them literally right now in my life. And I have a feeling you're going to find some incredible insight on the type of sacred rest you are needing right now. Goodness knows there is so much rest that we could be utilizing at this moment, especially after many, many months of living a very different life. Now, before I bring on Dr. Sandra, I want to quickly sing her praises. Dr. Sandra Dalton-Smith is an author, speaker, and board-certified internal medicine physician near Birmingham, Alabama. She is a national and international media resource. She is one of the top 100 medical experts in good housekeeping doctor secrets. She's been featured in many media outlets, including Women's Day, Red Book, and as a guest on Dr. Oz. Now, she's got a brand new book, which is what we're talking about today, called Sacred Rest, Discover Your Life, Renew Your Energy, and Restore Your Sanity. And she also has an incredible quiz to discover where your rest deficiencies are. And that assessment can be found at restquiz.com, which I'll have in the show notes. Now, let's welcome Dr. Sandra Dalton-Smith onto the show. Welcome to the Essentially You podcast, Dr. Sandra Dalton-Smith. How are you doing today? Hi, I'm doing great. 
It is so wonderful to have you on the show. I am so excited. You are such an incredible expert when it comes to rest and sleep, but most importantly, the implications of when we are not getting the rest and sleep that we need. I know that you're going to be able to speak deeply into this today. And then really what I've seen, and I know that you've seen time and time again, is that often when we're not getting enough sleep, we're not resting well enough, we end up burning ourselves into the ground. So we'll talk about that today. But I'd first love to have you come on in and share a little bit about yourself and kind of what was that defining moment where you knew this was the work you wanted to do in the world? Yes. Well, honestly, I burned out is the simple answer to that. (laughs) I'm an internal medicine physician. So I've been practicing medicine for over 20 years. And about 10 years into practicing medicine, I started writing and getting into media and doing just a lot of other things other than my traditional practice. And it looked very successful. It looked lovely, right? You know, it was one of those things where people would look and say, wow, I really wish that I could do all of that. And how do you do it and keep everything together? And the thing was, I was doing it, but I wasn't keeping everything together. At least of all, I wasn't keeping myself together. I had gotten to a point where, you know, my life looked great, but it felt horrible to live. I was exhausted all the time. Um, I had two kids that were toddlers at that point. And, you know, and my kids were 21 months apart. So it was like I had a, a three-year-old and a one-year-old. <laughs> so I was exhausted. I was exhausted day and night. And I think it was then that it really hit me. I remember picking the kids up from school, from daycare, actually, one day. And I put them in front of the TV and I just kind of laid out on the foyer floor. And I was like, I can't, I can't keep going like this. And I think that's when it really hit me that I wasn't going to be able to solve this with a pill. You know, I'm a physician, so I, I was already had kind of evaluated myself. I'd done all the, ex, the tests and, you know, all the studies to make sure there wasn't anything medically wrong. And I knew it was just my lifestyle that I needed to kind of take a hard look at how do I keep being who I am? I'm a high achieving workaholic type A goal setting person, and I'm not going to change who I am. I am who I am. So how can I be who I am and still feel good and still, you know, and have energy and still have happiness and still be productive and still enjoy the work? And that became the challenge. You know, how do I keep being me? I didn't want people to tell me to go take a vacation or, you know, go sit and stare at this blade of grass and meditate for 12 hours. I needed something I could really use to actually live my best life. So that became the focus. Well, and that is the million dollar question, right? At a high achieving woman like yourself, juggling all the balls as a mom, as a woman, as a physician, and then someone who was showing up in the world in a really big way. And that outward energy requires so much, you know, to show up in that way, to show up to be on Dr. Oz or to show up in an article or, you know, to just really show up on video and still honor who you are. So talk to me about what was the of uncovering of this? What did it begin to look like for you? Well, really the beginning, I kind of went back to my traditional medicine. I thought, okay, well, maybe I'm just not sleeping enough. You know, uh, traditional medicine says if you're tired, you need more sleep. So I thought, well, maybe I'm just not sleeping enough because honestly, I mean, I was working 50 plus hours a week. So I got very intentional about I'm going to get more sleep. And I was getting probably somewhere close to eight, nine hours a night and was still exhausted. And that's when it, that's when I started to dive deep into, okay, there's something about being fatigued that has nothing to do with sleep, (laughs) that has nothing to do with the physical. And that's what kind of took me into the research on the seven types of rest. At that time, I didn't know there were seven. I just knew that there had to be something more than just the physical aspect of it. 
And there was a lot of research about the kind of mental and spiritual parts of, you know, the mind, body, spirit. And, but that even wasn't enough um, because even after I started kind of being very intentional about addressing those areas, there were still some very specific pieces that were missing. And that's what took me into the fullness, I would say, of those seven types of rest, the physical, the mental, the spiritual, sensory, social, creative, and then the emotional. And being able to kind of really look into where was I pouring out my energy every day, not just thinking about I'm tired at the end of the day, but where was I pouring out my energy? And what am I doing intentionally to restore those same areas that I was depleting? I think that's so powerful because I think a lot of us would initially think that we just need more sleep, that we need more rest, that we need to reset the circadian rhythms. And then that's, that's all there is to it. But in your digging, you kind of identified and and briefly gave us kind of the seven different types. Would you be open to going into some of them and giving us a sense of what these look like? Because you're absolutely right. Fatigue and burnout, it isn't just a matter of making sure that we get enough sleep, right? There's so much more to that. Hence, if it was as simple as that, we, we probably, by getting enough sleep, we'd feel better. Exactly. And I think that's the key for a lot of people. If you feel like you go to sleep and you get a decent night's sleep, and you wake up the next morning and you're still exhausted, then then it probably wasn't a physical rest deficit that you're dealing with. Just to kind of go through each one, the physical rest, I think is the easiest for us to identify, but even it has two components. It has the passive, which is the sleeping and napping, and then it has active physical rest, which are things like leisure walks or massage therapy, yoga, stretching, you know, those things we use to basically relax the muscles and to restore our circulation and lymphatic drainage. And I think it's important to be mindful of that because some people get adequate sleep, but their body hurts all the time. They always have headache or neck or back pain. You know, the ergonomics of how they interact with their own, you know, desk and office space is poor. So there's so many different things that can play into the a physical rest deficit as well. Emotional rest deficits are one that I see a lot of people tend to deal with, particularly right now, a lot of people are dealing with it because of the increase in anxiety with everything that's going on with the pandemic and all. So I, that one, I think it's easier for people to kind of identify when they think about, are you allowing yourself to express those emotions or are you just kind of keeping them kind of under wraps? Do you feel like you have the ability to be very authentic? Uh, do you tend to have people-pleasing type behavior where you are masking what you want to say so to keep it professional or to, to not offend anyone? There's a lot of that goes into that inauthenticity. Sometimes that we're not intentionally trying to be inauthentic. Sometimes it's just, like I said, you're trying to be professional. You, you don't want to really give your true opinion because it's just not appropriate. And I think it's important to understand that there is a stress associated with that. And, you know, I'll use myself as an example, you know, as a physician, if I'm in the um, ER ICU and, you know, my normal personality is a bit of a jokester, I have a tendency to say very inappropriate jokes at times. And that's not an appropriate time to do that. You know, someone's family's dying on the table. That's, they don't want to hear my sarcasm at that moment. And so you have to kind of taper in some of your normal behavior and your normal patterns. And there's a stress to that. CEOs, owners of businesses, the people who are leaders have a tendency to have that performance stress, not because they're trying to be inauthentic, just because of the professionalism that goes with the role. And so that leads you to have this sense of, if I'm not able to be fully myself at work or which is where most of us spend the majority of our time, 
there's this question in the back of your head and is, am, am I okay as is? Is the true me, the me that is unmasked, that is not prettied up so that other people can digest it well, is it acceptable? And so that's why you really have to have that emotional rest with people in your life where you can just be fully authentic. You can let them know where you're at. You can let them know what you're thinking. You can, you know, spill all of it and not feel like you're keeping anything under wraps. Hmm, I love that. And how about stress just in general? I feel like where a lot of us are under stress as well. Does stress fall into this particular type or um, is it addressed anywhere else too? Yeah, well, stress, well, that's the thing. There's so many different types of stress. We have relational stress. We have uh, physical stress. We have emotional stress. We have, you know, there's so many different types of stress. So stress definitely plays a role in it. And the type of stress really has to do with kind of where, kind of what, how you're spending your time and your energy. I think for most people, what they'll need to do initially is really to take a look at what does my day look like? You know, and when am I tired? Am I tired after dealing with this particular client or coworker or situation? You know, where is it that after you do certain activities, you feel either anxious or nervous or tired or irritable? You know, all of those can be signs that those are areas that are that are causing you to have increased stress in those areas. And then it's just a matter of you can't always get rid of the stress. You know, if you have a, um, if you're working in a company of a stressful boss that you're having to deal with, you know, one of those personalities, unless you're going to quit your job, you probably can't get rid of that. So the, the key is to think about what can I do to pour back in whatever that person has drained from me. And that's what social rest is. Social rest has to do with making a point of kind of identifying who are the people that are negatively pulling from you socially and who are positively pouring into you. And to make some effort to be around those positive life-giving people so that they can kind of keep you filled up. Hmm. That makes so much sense. So, so if you're if you're in a situation where at work there probably isn't a way where you're just going to quit your job tomorrow, just like enough is enough. I'm done feeling stressed and, and irritated by this. Find other ways in which to kind of get re kind of nourished or fueled up by the people who really bring the best out in you. Yes, absolutely. Because the thing is, you can't always get away from the people that are draining you. Honestly, some of the biggest people that are negatively draining from our our relationship or our social pull are the people we love the most. If you think about it, your kids, they require a lot. Your spouse requires a lot. Uh, If you have elderly parents, you know, right now, a lot of us are having to do things for, for family members who can't get out and do different things. So I think it's important to realize that having someone negatively pull on your social energy does not make them a negative person. But you need to be mindful of how they're using your energy so that you don't neglect things like friends. You know, a lot of the studies show that adults have fewer adult friends now because they spend so much time with the people who require things from them that they don't have time for the people who are really wanting to pour back into them. Mm, That makes so much sense. Yes. So we have, was those four, I don't know if that was four types or I know, I don't know if you have. We're kind of jumping around. Okay, good. (laughs) Well, uh, the one I want to make sure that we definitely hit on would probably be so, uh, creative rest. Creative rest is, I think, the one that I found to be the most interesting. Many of us don't really see ourselves as creatives. You know, we're not artists or musicians, and we don't really think of ourselves as creatives. But creative rest is really for anyone who is innovative, who's having to think outside of the box. If you are a business owner and you're having to kind of stay at the top of your game, think through marketing plans and kind of how to get in front of your clients. If you're a, if you're a teacher and you're trying to figure out how to teach a student who's an auditory learner, learner and a 
another in the room who's a visual learner and you're only got 30 minutes to do it for both of them, you're having to be innovative and you're having to be creative. And those people drain their creative energy, even though they don't think of themselves as a creative. And so a large number of people have huge creative rest deficits. And creative rest is the rest we receive when we allow ourselves to be filled back up by giving ourselves time to appreciate beauty, to kind of let beauty and nature and art awaken something inside of us. Probably the best example would be if you're someone who's ever, you know, gone to the beach or been in the mountains or been in a park or something, and you just feel better in these settings. You can't kind of quantify it. You can't explain it. But something about being around these natural areas kind of awakens something in you and inspire you. That's what creative rest looks like. It's not taking an art class and drinking a glass of wine. That's kind of creative work because you're putting a demand on your creativity, you know, to create something in those moments. Creative rest, you're letting the the beauty around you create something inside of you. Mm, Interesting. You know, I have a lot of friends of mine right now who are taking music classes or they're taking art classes or they're, they're just coloring. And so initially my, my thought was that, oh, us taking time from work or the stressful activities to do more creative, kind of not think about it activities, but really coming from a place of being inspired. Yes. Yes. Letting, letting art and it could be nature. It could be art. Some people get the same creative rest from being in museums or looking at beautiful art online, listening to music, going to plays. Even, you know, some of the great studies that I looked at showed that people who even have that, that feeling when they're around the beach, that they can get a very similar response by looking at images of beaches just on like their screensaver, just having those images in front of them. So it's important just to make sure that you're surrounding yourself with beauty that inspires you, that, that helps you kind of fill back up in that area. It's still great to do some of those other things. They're fun, you know, yeah. so there's, it's, but fun is work. I mean, if you know, it, it, it is work, you know, having to learn a new skill set. I totally agree with you. And I bet a lot of people right now are definitely not feeling fueled up by the creative rest because we've been stuck at home you know, in a lot of ways. I mean, hopefully people are taking their nature walks. That's the one thing. But, you know, I I miss going to museums. We were supposed to be in Italy for the month of May and we had museums planned and we had artifacts, you know, all these (laughs) wonderful places we were going to go. And it's usually in May we go away and usually we go to so many museums and gardens. And and it was very strange to just, you know, to, to be home. And to, to only be home. home. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and yes, I guess they're available online. A lot of it is, and you can still walk outside in nature. But yeah, I can imagine people are feeling a little bit of not having that kind of rest at the moment. Yeah, and it, it is difficult when you're not able to do some of your normal things. But I think you're exactly right. Just kind of making sure that you do what you can to try to stay filled up as best you can in these current situations, particularly, like you said, taking walks. I love the idea of a virtual art museum. I had a friend kind of mention that. I'd never even thought about that. Didn't know that was something you could do. <laughs> but, you know, just kind of having a virtual um, kind of art gallery showing that you that you take a moment to enjoy some art that you don't typically pay attention to or look at. And just to let, and not put any demands on yourself. You're just kind of seeing what speaks to you, what's, what kind of makes you feel alive and um, kind of inspires you in those moments. I love it. You know, one of the things that you've spoken to in your story, and this is something that I see so often, I know I have personally experienced burnout. Um, I had severe chronic fatigue at the age of 30. 
it wasn't sleep. I remember the defining moment for me was I I'd gotten eight hours of sleep that night and woke up and couldn't even lift my head up off the pillow and knew something much deeper was going on. So when we look at the long-term effects of focusing only on work, which I know so many of us can do, and I don't know if you see this more in women, Sandra, or if you see it in both men and women. I think because I'm around women all the time, I see it in women who are really stepping in entrepreneurship, really showing up in the world, and then taking care of family when they get home. It just feels like work, 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 work all the time. And it's been hard to get in those regular periods of rest. What are some of the long-term effects that you're seeing as a clinician and things that we should be on the lookout for, maybe if we didn't realize this was happening to us. Yeah, well, I think you're right. I think it's both men and women. I do work with a large number of women as well, but I'd probably say 60-40 with, with female-male ratio. What I'm seeing, however, is that you really kind of touched right on it. The group of people I see that tend to have the highest level of stress tend to be business owners and entrepreneurs. And I don't believe that's specific to just the season that we're in because, you know, this is research that's been going back long before COVID was even a thing. Absolutely. So I agree. I don't think COVID <laughs> is playing. I mean, definitely is stressing some businesses for sure. I think this has been a longstanding issue and entrepreneurship has just blown up. So we have a lot of people stepping into this and not realizing how much of their life it's sucking away. Exactly. And I think because there's so many unknowns when you first step out into kind of your dream job or, you know, this idea that you have, you may not even, it may not even be a business idea. It's just this thought in your head that you're going to kind of jump in and try. I think what, what I'm seeing with a lot of people who are stepping into that is they become so goal oriented and the work becomes the, the only thing that they're focusing on, how to produce, how to make more of whatever it is, how to, to reach their financial goals, how to get more clients. It's, it's all about the doing. And what happens with that is, and what I notice even with myself, with my own career, what happens with that is if when you get so focused on just checking off goals, you never take a moment to actually reflect on what worked and what didn't work. You're always just kind of pushing to make something work. And then you never take a moment to actually enjoy any of it. You don't step back and look around and see what you have accomplished. So, okay, you got your first $10,000 month. You don't even enjoy it. You're like, okay, now I can month. see if I can do that again. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's, now, it's now a new that. month. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, and the problem with that is when you're not allowing yourself to rest, you stay in a level of depletion. And I find that so many entrepreneurs that when I work with them, by the time they come to me, it's usually out of do or die situation. They are done. They're like, my business is like, I don't even care what happens anymore. I don't even care I'm about my tired. business anymore. <laughs> yeah, they're just burned. I mean, they're burned out, but they don't even know what to call it. They just know that they are done. And many of them, what I have to get them to first understand is it's not that their business couldn't be successful, it's that they're trying to do it out of their depletion. So it's, it's like I'm saying, okay, let's take your 15% your you've got left because that's, you're really not filling yourself up ever. So you're always working off of the least amount of you you have available left and trying to do the most with it. What happens if we get the 15% of yourself that you're functioning off of up to like 75%, 85% or higher? What happens when you're working from your, your overload, when you're no longer working from your overload and overwhelm, and you're kind of working out at this pace of being kind of filled? And I think that's the mindset shift that many people have to start thinking. 
if I'm doing all of this exhausted, what happens if I'm able to actually get myself back on track where I'm not exhausted anymore? How much better will my work be? I think we have a lot of people who are doing good work with what little they have left of themselves who could be doing exceptional work when they just take the time to really understand how to rest well. And I bet you get a lot of, I wonder if you get a little bit of pushback of people who don't think that they have capacity to just get themselves back to our place of more, more energy of more capacity. Do you ever get some pushback where people just feel, or maybe they're already past that point. Most of them are burned out. They're, they're, they're desperate for answers, but honestly, I get the most pushback. I would say probably from, from people who are successful. People, <laughs> I get the most pushback. They're from, like, it's from, working. Okay. Yeah. CEOs, <laughs> um, owners of companies, founders who have been burned out for so long, they're just used to being burned out. <laughs> you know, they, they've gotten to the point where they just feel like this is what it looks like for success. And so I love that. Last year, Fast Company did an article on my book, Sacred Rest, where it talks about, are you getting the right type of rest? Uh, and they put it in their secrets of the most successful people. And I loved it because when I, when I saw that article, I didn't even know they were going to be publishing. When I saw that article, I took it to some of my, some of my clients who had given me the most pushback <laughs> because it was like, this is what I'm trying to tell you. I know that you're successful and that you're doing well, but can you, do you have the faith belief it could even be better? And that's the thing, because some of us have gotten so used to this, this is as good as it gets. That we think that's just that's just how it is. You're always going to be tired. You're always going to be fighting with your spouse. Your kids are always going to be mad because you're not there. But there is a way to actually have a work-life integration that that works, that works for your entire family and not just for your business. And I know this is what you go so much into in the book. Mm -hmm. Can you share a couple of, you know, because, you know, I know people are listening now. They're like, huh, Um, (laughs) I can have this. I can have, you know, I can I can create this for myself. And I know that every every different type of rest has recommendations connected to it, but depending on the type of rest. And would you say, Dr. Sandra, that that most of us could use all seven types of rest or is it usually that we don't need all seven or that there's more of a priority for one first? Well, yes, we all, all of us are constantly using all seven to some degree. Um, those are seven areas of our life that we are pouring out of or being filled in at any given time. But most people, if they're feeling tired, now, if you're feeling great, you're probably getting these types of rest without even thinking about it. And that's one thing that a lot of people have, have mentioned. It's like, I didn't even know what to call it. I just like to do this. And I know I feel better when I do it. And so most people are already getting some of the types of rest automatically. They've just learned what works for them. Usually, if you're feeling tired or exhausted, there's one of the seven, maybe two that are depleted. And it's those areas of depletion that are going to keep you feeling kind of not 100%. And so focusing on getting rest in that specific area is how you get restored back. And that's the thing. If you get rest in the wrong area, let's say you feel tired and your problem is you have an emotional rest deficit, trying to sleep more to get that filled back up is not going to work. You're just going to continue to feel depleted. And so that's why I think it's really helpful. That's really where the, my rest quiz came from is because I had so many clients that were like, I need all seven. It's like, yeah, we all need all seven, but you don't need to focus on all seven. I need you to focus on the one, maybe two at the most that you're actually having a depletion because once those areas start getting filled back up and you start feeling better, then the rest of them start falling into place a lot quicker. 
I'm so grateful that you created a quiz where we can really get clarity very fast about which way to go. And I have a feeling, so um, people take the quiz and then the results of the quiz, clearly go get the book, right? Let's go get the book. But are there recommendations too, like some small recommendations once we know which one or two we need to focus on? Yes, absolutely. Um, I have lots and lots of resources on my website, um, free resources on the website that go over different types of rest that you can get in different areas. With the quiz, you get a result that tells you which has the highest level of deficit. There's also an opportunity to do a free 30-day rest, sacred rest challenge, where basically every day for a month, I send you just a one or two sentence thing to focus on to get rest in one of the seven areas to make it just extremely practical. And I find that a lot of people have loved that because, you know, even though the book goes over lots of different examples and it goes into the research and all, I find that most people still need to be able to put it to practice. You know, I didn't want to just have a book that people are like, oh, I love reading that, <laughs> you know, yes. great information. Mm. I'm a physician. I believe, you, you know, you help people self-diagnose. They then have to understand the disease or whatever the process is. And then you have to show them how to do it in their real life. You know, everyone can't quit their job. Everyone can't go on a vacation for, you know, uh, two weeks to try to get revived every time they get tired. Most of us need to learn how to have a well-rested lifestyle how to do this in the middle of all the stuff that we're responsible for. And that's really what that challenge is about, just kind of walking through the process of that. When I love the accountability and the reminder, you know, every day a little a little message pops into your inbox and it's just very, very succinct, mm-hmm. very, very, like a lot of ease and grace. That little thing that you can do for yourself that day. I love that because I think we absolutely, sometimes we just don't know that, I mean, until we see it, Oh, we can, I can absolutely do that today. I can, and I can do that next thing tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I love that you have a 30 day challenge. Now, and it tells we, you which type of rest you're getting, which I think is helpful because sometimes you're not sure, you're not clear on what type of, you know, what type of rest is this, <laughs> you know, what, what am I restoring? And, and that's the key. Really, when we think about rest, you know, a lot of us will say, I'm going to rest on the weekend, but we just lounge around and watch Netflix or whatever. And then we don't feel any more rested really to think about what's getting restored every time that we say we're going to rest. So which of these seven areas are you pouring back into? And when we join the quiz, we do the quiz, or do we just go to the website? I'll, I want to link to the challenge as well. Yes, I'll, I'll make sure to give you that. It's from my webpage. Um, I choose my Perfect. best life. I can probably find it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll find it and then I'll make sure to put it in there. So you guys, I'm going to put in the quiz and definitely please go take the quiz. And then I will have the 30 day challenge as well inside of the show notes for this episode um, with Dr. Sandra, Sandra Dalton. Just really quickly, I'd love for you, because I know so many times you have a, a lot of teaching stories inside of the book. Would you be willing to share a teaching story that you love to share? Yeah, I think my favorite one is, is a young woman who I ended up meeting in the ICU after she had had a car accident. It was one of those situations where um, very successful, spent most of her time at work. And on this particular day, she had kind of was driving home and she was using her time in, in her commute as her wind down time. So she would kind of, as she, in her own words, I would veg out on my drive home. Well, unfortunately, she lived in a large metropolitan area where you don't need to veg out. You have like a billion cars on the road and it's a dangerous situation to kind of try to get your mind to go to a calm place when you're surrounded by machinery. And so she ended up not noticing that the car in front of her had stopped and so got into this horrific accident. 
And when I met her, I knew this was going to be a very long healing process. And the thing I think that stood out most to me about that story is when I was sitting down with her right after maybe like a month of hospitalizations and rehab and all of this stuff she had to go through, when she was ready to leave and we were kind of saying our goodbyes, the thing that stood out to me most was she was like, you know, this is nothing I would have ever had wished on anyone. I would have never have wanted for myself. But she was like, I I did not realize where I had gotten to in my life. And, you know, the things that she shared about was specifically about she had kind of given up on things that she'd love to do. Work had become her focus, her dreams, her aspirations. She'd never stopped long enough to think about if the work she was doing was the work she wanted to keep doing. She just kind of kept rinsing and repeating every day, the same activities over and over again without reflecting, without taking that mental stop long enough to ask herself and the emotional questions that needed to be asked about was she happy doing what she was doing. And, you know, I the thing I think that I, that I like for people to get from that is do we really want to get to that point before we stop long enough to reflect? Do we really want to have to have enforced rest? you know, pushed upon us? Or or can we make that decision for ourselves long before we get to the point where you're on a tube in my ICU? You know, I think it's important to be mindful that most people, when they burn out, you know, their burnout can go one or two ways. As an internist, unfortunately, I have the unfortunate opportunity to see a lot of people in that situation after they've already attempted to take their lives. They've gotten to truly the end of themselves. I'd much rather get to people to the point right before they ever get there where they are willing to accept that a change is possible and start taking those small steps, not having to take drastic steps, but small steps towards getting back to a life that they love. And I love that. I think that's why we're having this conversation today is to kind of open the door for what's possible. I have to believe that a lot of people who end up in the hospital kind of kind of like after they've been pushed to the point of no return, Mm -hmm. just didn't realize there was another way to do it. Honestly, I can definitely understand that, because when I think about just my own story, when I was, you know, had my two kids and I was in my house thinking, is this as good as this? gets?" (laughs) You know, I'm. I'm living the life that I said I wanted, you know, the life that I've been building and creating. And so I have to take some level of responsibility because if what I've built is not something I'm enjoying living in, then there's, I can do something different to build something else. And I, and that's the the beauty of it. I think all of us can make those choices to, to create a life that we actually love. Well, and you have opened the door for resources and understanding and like literally giving us the path to make it happen. Just, we got to get more people in front of you (laughs) to make sure that they know what's going on. And last question for you, you know, this, I hear this so much. I talk a lot about self-care and I talk a lot about the different types of rest. I, you know, I know that a lot of, like you said, inherently some people are figuring those out. And when I thought about that, I thought, oh, I didn't know the type it was, but definitely have integrated into my life. So I'm so grateful for that information and that education to kind of put a name to the type of rest I was doing. But what I get kicked back a lot from my audience is that rest is a luxury, that we have a, a, a kind of a different definition of what rest may be. Like you said, the two weeks vacation or the manicure or the massage or, you know, that the, the self-care needs to be expensive or that rest needs to be expensive. What I think we've touched upon this a little bit, but just to kind of address the elephant in the room of, of people saying that it's, it's a luxury they just can't afford. 
Yeah, and that's definitely a mindset that our entire culture has to be kind of retaught. I think that is the mindset that has kind of gotten so many of us in trouble is that we look at rest as this extra thing I'll do when the work is done. But let's be honest, the work will never be done. It's so never done. You Your email never will rest. never stop. <laughs> yeah, that would mean you'd never rest. So I always like to make sure people are aware that rest is really about restorative activities. When you're thinking about rest, you're thinking about restorative lifestyle activities. Our lifestyles are busy. They're hectic. They're demanding. They require a lot of us. What are you doing to restore your life? What are you doing to put things back to a healthy place after you've drained your energy in those areas? Because energy is not created. It's transferred. So when you drain an area, you have to have something that's pouring back into that area with fresh energy to restore the energy you lost. And that's what rest does. And so you can't really function at your highest capacity if you're not resting. And I always ask people, if you know, I don't care how great you're doing in life, you could do better if you're still tired. If you're still tired, you're not giving your 100% to yourself or to anyone else. And so the only way to do that is to actually keep yourself in a place of self-care or self-awareness. There's so many different words we have now, mindfulness. There's so many different words that basically come back, come back to knowing when you are not at your best. I so agree with that. Now, Dr. Sandra, could you tell us again where we can find you? I just want to make sure everyone hears it one more time. It will be in the show notes. I promise that. But talk a little bit about where we can look into you, um, website, the book, everything. Yes. Well, my main website is ichoosemybestlife.com. Uh, the book is Sacred Rest, Recover Your Life, Renew Your Energy, Restore Your Sanity, and it's available everywhere. Thank you so much. Well, it was a pleasure to have you come on, especially during this time. I think this was a message that we all need to hear right now. And I love the restorative activities. Yes. <laughs> restorative activities. That's what it is, you know, and I love that idea. And for you active, got to keep it moving, people. These are activities. <laughs> and that's so true. Rest is not about sitting around. Sitting around has not helped most of us. It's about doing those things to pour back into you. Yeah, I love it. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. So did you get a chance to identify one to three types of rest that you are seriously needing right now? Getting clarity on the type of rest we are needing is a game changer. It takes the guesswork out of trying to figure out why you were feeling so burned out and unmotivated, why you're feeling unproductive, or why you're just feeling exhausted at the end of the day. And Dr. Sandra knows all too well from working with thousands of patients. Now, if you're still not sure what type you are specifically needing, I highly recommend you take her rest test that has helped over 100,000 people. And I'm going to have that in the show notes for episode 102. And then go and get her book because she goes into detail with every single type of rest type, all seven. She breaks it down and then gives recommendations for how to nourish your body and get the rest that you deserve. That will also be in the show notes for episode 202. So I want to say thank you for stopping by. I hope you got so much insight on this episode as much as I did. And thank you for listening to the Essentially You podcast. Coming up next, I am going to be on a Q&A Friday episode sharing why your menstrual cycle is a key indicator to your overall health. Now, as women, 
we have, I have found that many of us don't know what's going on with our cycle. And very few of us have been told that it is a vital sign to how the rest of our body works. And it's gone so far in the wrong direction that we've been told that maybe you don't even need a period or maybe you don't even need your cycle. So I'm going to be addressing this head on and explain why your menstrual cycle is such an important indicator of your overall health and most importantly, your reproductive and hormonal health. So I look forward to seeing you on the Friday Q&A session. We're gonna hit it hard when it comes to the importance of your menstrual cycle, especially if you have younger daughters or people considering birth control pill. This will be a great episode to listen into. Until then, have an amazing day. 